The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Yes, move through blockages and all sorts of things that are stopping you from creating the life you want. This is your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Holly Springs, North Carolina, where I'm still setting up my house. And right now, I'm trying not to feel my body because it is achy. And um, to all my listeners out there, if you ever plan on moving, do it way before 65 years old and then stay put at 65 and above. My wife and I um, have not, and, and considering that we've not been able to get to the gym the past year because of COVID, and we wanted to wait until we had our you know, vaccinations and that it was a little bit clearer, and so now we go into a full-blown move and unpacking boxes. And we didn't do the move ourselves, but you have to unpack the boxes and put everything away. And, oh, boy, we have 200 boxes. Oh, my God, my body. But that's okay. I'm here, and I'm able to do my show, right? Yes. So you might hear a little echo, 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 echo in the background. Round, 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 round. But that's because I'm in a... Still in an empty space setting up. But having fun. It's wonderful. And I hope everybody had a fabulous Easter who celebrates Easter. And actually, like I said, we, we've been talking about celebrations over the past couple of months because there's been major celebrations. In January, it was New Year's Day. And in February, it was Valentine's Day and Love Month. And in March, it was St. Patrick's Day and the luck of the Irish and all about that. And in April, of course, it's Passover and it's Easter, two celebrations, two major celebrations of major religions and other religious celebrations from all over the world. And again, why do we celebrate these things? Oh, because we're supposed to, and mommy and daddy told us we should, or the religious leaders told us we should. No, that's nonsense. So now we've become all spiritual, right? And we're metaphysical. And we are ascending to higher consciousness levels. So we don't need to celebrate any of these holidays. No, that's untrue too. As a matter of fact, the more spiritual you become, the more you should be celebrating these holidays. Why? Or would you say, but I'm not religious, I don't attend church, I don't go to a temple, I don't go to a mosque. Well, you don't have to go to those places in order to celebrate the reasons for these holidays. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The reason for Passover, the reason for Easter. Why was that inspired? Why were we told in the very beginning it's not, believe me, it's not God that said, celebrate Passover. And it's not Jesus who said, I need you to go to church every single week and do this, break 
a bread or a host as my body and drink wine. Mm, he said, when you do this, do this in memory of me, do this in what I tried to inspire you to believe. That's what he was teaching. Here, look, this is what I'm doing. Every time, when, what is it when you eat a body? Did he really, this is my body, the bread is, is his body. Did they really think that we are eating Jesus? I mean, truly, really, and drinking his blood, that's disgusting. Jesus wasn't a vampire. You know, he was a spiritual teacher trying to remind us who we were. So, of course, the celebration of Easter is all about him and his resurrection, his crucifixion and his resurrection. And we don't even know why we're supposed to be remembering that. Oh, religion tells you to remember it so that you remember all the sins you have. And that Jesus died on the cross for us, and as long as you believe these things, you will now go to heaven, right? I have a friend here who's 65 years old. She went to Catholic school, probably forgot how many years, many, many years. And so even though she doesn't go to church and she hasn't gone to church in most of her life, she doesn't eat meat on Good Friday because that's what she was told that she shouldn't do. Don't eat meat on Good Friday. Oh, you got because you got a sack. Now, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Why did the religious leader say on Friday, don't eat meat? You can only eat fish. Oh, Italians, the feast of the fish, seven fish, 12 fish, 13. I don't remember. I only ate a few anyway. But yes, the feast of the fish and during Lent, you're not supposed to have meat on Fridays. Why? Why, Why did Jesus not want us to eat protein on Fridays? I, I don't understand some of the things we come up with. And I can tell you why. Of course, whenever I ask the question why, you've got to know I have an answer to it. Sacrifice! <laughs> Sacrifice. So, why the fish? The fish is okay because also fish is symbolic of Jesus. The fish, the Christian fish, they put that down, right? Um, because he was what? He, he, you, you see him always around the water, and a lot of his disciples were fishermen. And he said, um, you'll come and be a fisher of men, right? Be a fisher of men. So the fish became a Christian symbol for Jesus. So now they turn that symbol into what you were allowed to eat. Okay, they want you to still eat protein. So since Jesus represented, uh, the fish represented Jesus, it's okay to eat fish. But not me, not a cow. Not a cow. Can't eat a cow because cow had nothing to do with Jesus. I wonder if Jesus ever drank milk. I don't know. Drank a lot of wine, though. Drank a lot of wine, yes. Um, but milk, I don't know. He could have turned the barrels of water into milk at the wedding, but he didn't. He turned it into wine. Why? Because wine is an important part of every Jewish celebration. We bless the wine. Blessed are you, O Lord, O God, who give us the fruit of the vine. Of course, that was terribly pronounced, but I do the prayers over the matzah, the challah, and the wine every Jewish holiday, because that's the way it's supposed to be, the head of the household, male. 
right? Women, don't be throwing anything at me. I'm not the head of the household here, okay? We've got partnership. But see, all these symbols, all of these things came about for a reason. They came about for a reason. They came about to point out specifics of what we're supposed to be remembering. The fruit of the vine. Oh, yeah, thank God. God or Jesus or whoever it was inspired us to make that wine. Well, my wine was made a long time ago, right? Wow. Yes, because it made everybody feel good. Now it became part of the holiday. That's okay. But meat on Fridays, that's not okay, even though a steak tastes real good any time of the year. No, no. Okay, so then let's discuss the symbolism. Some of it is wrong, all right? The idea that we're supposed to sacrifice because Jesus sacrificed. Well, let's get this straight again. Jesus didn't sacrifice anything. A sacrifice is to give up something that you love or desire or respect or admire so much, but you're willing to give it up, willingly or unwillingly. Unwillingly, I'm got, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm giving up my life for you. That's a sacrifice. No, Jesus didn't sacrifice anything. Anything that you are giving willingly is not considered a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that you don't want to have taken away from you, but it's taken away anyway. Right. We're going to sacrifice a life. We're going to uh, back in the old days, they killed people. For a sacrifice for the gods. And then um, something told them um, uh, that's OK. Uh, it doesn't matter if you throw a virgin into a volcano, it will still erupt eventually. And so maybe instead of volcanoes, let's turn to animals because they're not people. And and what, let me see, we're going to sacrifice. You know what's really funny? Nobody sacrificed a pig. Nobody sacrificed a cow, really. They, they sacrificed goats and sheep because they ate a lot of lamb. That's what they had. They had a lot of those animals around, right? But they, they liked lamb. Lamb's blood, the, the, the angel of death in Passover is going to pass over the house. If you sacrifice a lamb and paint your doorway with lamb's blood and the angel of death would pass over you. Can I ask you a question, all my Jewish friends? Do you think angels are capable of telling people's religious beliefs. Do they have to knock on the door to find out what you believe in? It's almost like Jehovah Witnesses going through the neighborhood. Now we got the angel of death coming down, the last plague that Moses said the Pharaoh would decree on his own, the last plague... And Moses said, let the firstborn of all the Jews be slaughtered because Moses bugged the heck out of him trying to get the slaves, the Jewish people freed from Egypt. So Moses 
said, let Pharaoh cast the last plague. And he did. And so the angel of death was going to come down. And it passed over all of those homes that had the blood of the lamb painted all around the doorway, the door jam. So what does that mean? It really, if you think about it, again, angels are pretty intelligent. Just because they're dead and they're spirits doesn't mean that they have no minds. Energy can be directed. So <laughs> just, okay, okay. All right, I could just see them going down Main Street now. You know, this green mist, if you watch the Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille, it's fabulous. I love the Ten Commandments. I always watch it, love it. And he had green mist because, oh, a green, horrible mist. And actually, green is a healing color. So think about this for a minute. It was a colored green mist that they used in the movie to represent the angel of death. Why wasn't it a dark black mist? Why was it a green mist? Green is actually the color of your heart chakra, and it's a healing color. So how come healing, a color of healing was used, was inspired to be used? Why? Just because it was Cecil B. DeMille's idea? No, Cecil B. DeMille was inspired through that entire movie for a reason. So here the green mist is now going down Main Street in Egypt. And uh, it doesn't knock on the door. You don't do that in the middle of the night. That's rude. And you don't want to give any pre-warnings because then all the firstborn of the Egyptians would be running. So it goes over and I can just see it going down. Okay. And was it probably one angel, the angel of death? So it's singular. So one guy is going down, angel of death, male or female, that the you know, androgynous, no sex to this particular angel is going down the street and is going, oh, okay, wait. I see blood. On this doorway arch, there's a good Jewish family in there right now doing a lot of praying and eating some flat bread. Let's just pass over them. That's what Passover means. They passed over the Jewish home. And then, ah, this guy forgot to put blood on his wall. Got to be firstborn in here. Got to be Egyptian. Kill it. Let's take it back home with us. Come on. You're gone until it got all the way to Pharaoh's house and took his firstborn. And that was the last plague. Pharaoh was broken, a broken man, temporarily. And he allowed Moses to take the Jews out of there. Okay, so symbolism of Passover. The angel of death is passing over your house, but it was inspired to be a green mist. What is all of that? We die all the time, spiritually, every time we go off the path, there's a little death that takes place with us. Yes, it ends. It's an ending. You're, you're either, remember I told you that life is either black or white? Well, you're either on the path or off the path. You're in the dark or you're following the light side. You're with the force or you're with the empire. It doesn't make a difference how you look at it. You're either living or you're dying. It's the same thing. You're either living or you're dying. You're dying spiritually or you're living spiritually, one way or the other. Let's just, those words are all interchangeable. And the point of the Passover 
What did the people on the inside of the house supposed to do while they didn't wait by the window? They weren't waiting for Santa Claus to come. The children weren't anxiously waiting in their beds. Oh, gosh, the angel of death is coming. I'm so excited. No, they were inside doing other rituals. Right, And they were reading from the Haggadah. Actually, in the beginning, they created the Haggadah, which is a the book of Passover that you're supposed to go through the book from beginning to end. And if you're an Orthodox um, Jew, you will do that. We've had many a, a full um, Passover dinners in my relationship in the 48 years that I've been with my wife. They've been beautiful. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. But when you remember it for the, the right reason, on a Seder plate, there's symbols. Right? There's, oh God, I'm, 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 I just put the Seder plate away, beautiful Seder plate that I got my wife. What is it? Seven symbols? Whatever they are. Okay, I forget right now. And it symbolizes all the things that the Jews went through, the tears for the many years that they were enslaved and hurting. And, um, of course, the lamb representing the blood and the sacrifice, the sacrifice. See, everything is symbolic. And then there's eggs mixed with, mixed with salt for the tears, the tears that were shed all through those years. So, unfortunately... As humans, we tend to, to point out the negatives that we have to remember because Passover and Easter, the reason why they're together is because Jesus was celebrating Passover evening was his last supper, if anybody didn't know that. And so he was celebrating that, and now we're celebrating, or Christians celebrate, the Easter, the sacrifice of Jesus, right? So Jesus was the lamb, the lamb, instead of Passover, slaughtering a lamb, and you're supposed to be eating lamb, and you're supposed to still think about that, have a, a lamb shank. Um, on the Seder plate to remember that. So Jesus was the lamb that was sacrificed in order for man's sins to be forgiven. Passover, in order for the angel of death to pass over your house, you had to sacrifice sacrifice your desires. What were they doing inside? They were eating bitter herbs. To remember, they were eating, there's all of these traditional foods, chorosis, which is a, you, it's actually a walnut and apple uh, mixture all chopped up with a little water to represent the mortar that the Jews made to help build the pyramids and the cities of Egypt, right, to represent that. And eat, they ate that. They eat the eggs, chopped up eggs with just salt and water for the, for the tears that were shed. Um, parsley and bitter herbs, salads and things like that. Greens to, to remember the bitterness of what they went through. All of these symbols um, that they, they made to eat to remind them. And now here's Easter. And Jesus said... Uh, 
you know, when you eat this bread, oh yeah, that's right, that the, the, in Judaism, you can only have matzah, and, and the celebration of Passover is for eight days, eight days, and you can only have matzah during that time because it took eight days for the Jews to leave Egypt, and it was the bread of haste. Matzah is the bread of haste. There was no time in order to make bread. You use yeast. And when you're using yeast, you have to give it time to rise in order to turn it into bread. Well, they had to get out of Egypt real quick before Moses, before Pharaoh changed his mind. So they can only eat flat bread, flat bread. They couldn't put yeast in it. They couldn't wait until it rose. So they, that reminded them now of the the time they had to get out of there, real quick symbolism. And then Jesus is celebrating and he's breaking the matzah. And he says, when you eat this matzah, do this in memory of me. The same thing that God and Moses told the people, when you're eating this matzah, do it in memory of the Passover, the, the healing that occurs when you remember your ills, remember how bad. Now, Jesus tried to turn it around a bit by the time it got to him because up until him, it was about the negative. Passover celebration is remembering the negative crap that went on during that time period and that God saved the Jews, and you should now be grateful for God having saved his people. Okay, and 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 now the celebration of Jesus, even though Jesus was trying to say, remember me, remember me, remember what I did, remember the Christ within you. Remember that. But no, we turned it into remember the sacrifice that Jesus did, that he was tortured and tormented, which is the reason why there's the cross that that in all the church. It's amazing. Now, there's some religions, I think it's Methodist or other religions, that do not show the cross. They show Jesus off the cross, which to me is smarter because they're trying to remember the good part of Jesus rather than the fact that he was whipped, tormented, and nailed to a cross to make you feel guilty, to guilt you into being good. That is not what Jesus was trying to say. So again, there's all of these reminders of what we're supposed to be remembering rather than paying attention to all the bad we do. So what then, shifting from Passover, which is a memory of the suffering and then the freedom and being grateful for it, and then the symbolism of Christianity, which is the suffering, and then the resurrection, and being grateful for it because he saved us. Jesus saved us of our sins. God saved the Jews by taking them out of Egypt. So there's always a savior in these, and that you're supposed to be honoring and worshiping the savior rather than the reason why the saviors supposedly came down. And they weren't saviors. They were reminders. Reminders of who we are because we are the only ones who can save ourselves. So Easter and spiritually now, now that we have awakening, we're waking up, the true meaning of life and who we are and God, spirit, Yahweh, whoever you want to call it. 
is all about the divinity of us, the divinity of us and trying to renew and resurrect the Christ within us, the Christ within us, meaning the connection with our God source, with us, with the creator, that we are connected, we are part of, we are. And so Christ means man with God. That's the literal meaning of it. And that doesn't mean male man. It meant humankind, mankind. So humankind with God, that is what Christ is. And Jesus tried to say, remember that part of me. Remember me. Remember my work. Remember what I told you. Remember that I told you you're one with God. Remember I told you that you are healers. Remember I told you that you can have abundance and manifest all you want. Why wouldn't God give you all your desires? And when you get one desire, seek more desires because you deserve that all. Remember that. Remember that. So here now is the celebrations that we should be remembering, that it isn't a Passover of our sins. It's a healing of remembering our greatness, that we are alive, that we are not dead. That is the Passover meaning, that we can resurrect any time we want that connection within us. And so we celebrate these two holidays to truly try to resurrect that. And so we're coming close to the commercial break and I want you on the other side of the commercial break, talk about more of how you remember this, how do you practice this? But I wanted to point out all these symbols and I've been doing all of that all year. If you've been recalling, I mean, we talked about St. Patrick's Day and why that was created. We did that, you know, the past couple of weeks that we create our own good fortune. You see, all of these holidays seem to be something about what we can create. And now I'm going to teach you on the other side of the commercial break how to create it. So this is Vincent Jenna. Psychic therapist, spiritual teacher, medium coming to you from Stop Stopping Yourself, Unity Radio Show. I'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Well, hey there, everybody. If you're just joining me today on today's show, we're talking about the celebrations of Passover and Easter and their true meanings and how everything symbolic is a new spiritual understanding about who we are and that we should be paying attention to all these holidays. You know, every single one that we've been inspired to create 
for a reason that we've been told to create, whether it be by God, whether it be by Jesus, whether it be by Allah, whether it be by any of the spiritual leaders or gods or religions, they've been inspired for a reason, but we tend to miss the point. And we are missing the point with Passover, as I said, that we are the ones that can be saved by passing over and, and getting away from the negative, getting away from um, us killing ourselves off figuratively with all the negative stuff we go through in our lives. And we can pass over that and remember that we are, we are saved. We are the, the, the born of the God created by the God, the power, the source of everything. And that Easter is a remembering of that, a remembering of the Christ within each and every one of us, though Jesus came down to teach us that or remind us of that. So now we want to discuss, okay, so how do we resurrect the Christ that is within us? How do we pass over the negative and come to life again and rebirth again without having to sacrifice anything? Nothing is sacrificed when it is given. It's only a sacrifice when it is taken unwillingly. So... Yeah, that's the question of the year. How do we wake that all up? And here we are, these spiritual, enlightened, or more enlightened people. We listen to these beautiful shows, Unity Online Radio. We come here, we follow Unity philosophies or science of mind philosophies. Right? We, we you know, Charles and Ernest created these or were inspired to create these new thought understandings. And yet we still keep manifesting the same old, same old garbage. Same old, same old garbage. Why is that? We're not passing over it. We're slaves. We're still slaves. If you want to know what the, the, the symbolic story of the Jews in Egypt is that we can be a slave to a different god. Remember, the pharaohs were supposed gods of the land, physical gods. That's what they actually thought they were. They thought they were gods, and they were treated like gods, which is the reason why they erected such incredible statues and pyramids for them. And then that attitude just continued down the line. But we are slaves to our own God-like attitude. Oh, we think we're good. We want to walk around saying we're good. We're spiritual. But what are we willing to do? Willing, not sacrifice. What are we willing to give to ourselves and each other so that we can resurrect that connection, so that we can resurrect 
that God within us? What are you willing to give up? Oh, yes, Lent is over, and you may have given up chocolate. Did you know that the majority of of things that people give up for Lent are things like candy, sweets, chocolate during Lent? Oh, my goodness. Smoking. There's some people who give up smoking. You're supposed to give up smoking no matter what. That's not a sacrifice. That's called being smart and healthy. Right? It's no, you get you have to give up something you love. What am I supposed to give up my wife during Lent? I love her. She's the best part of me. No, honey, we can't be together. Not for Lent from February until Easter. Can't be with you. These some things that we create are so ridiculous. They really are. With good intention? No, with with ignorant intention. Because you're ignorant, and that's not a put-down. The word ignorant is without knowledge. And so when you forget what you're supposed to be doing and why you're supposed to be doing things, it becomes ignorance. And then you create these things that you think are meaningful, like sacrificing. So we have to give up the idea of sacrificing, first of all. And you have to give up what you think you have to give up, but not not pleasures. Pleasures of life, that's the whole reason why we're here. And so if I give up pleasures, I'm a better person? Who said that? Well, we just talked about who said that. Not supposed to give up anything. God would not want you to give up anything except Anything that harms you, that hurts you, your behaviors, your thoughts, your attitudes, give up complaining about everything that's wrong in your life because that's hurting you. Give up that for Lent. Give up the things that cause your body to break down. The things that can cause illnesses, the imbalances, right? Give up those things. Give up thoughts that are negative, criticisms and judgments. Give up that. Sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. Give it up. You're not supposed to have it to start with. So we're not asking you to give up anything that's positive in your life in order to awaken the Christ within you, the God within you. We're trying to remind you of all that's good within you. And the only way that you're going to see what's good within you is to get rid of what's bad within you in your mind or what you think is bad within you. Look, we all have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. We lose our patience. Okay, maybe we can be more patient. I love that. I actually heard somebody gave that up. I'm going to give up impatience for Lent. (laughs) Oh, isn't that good of you? You're such a good Christian. Oh, my God, you're kidding me. You're going to give up getting angry? Wow. You're good, man. Holy cow. Jesus is buddy. He loves you. Come on. I'm telling you. I have to laugh because it really is true. It, it's so ridiculous. I'm going to give up being impatient. 
I'm going to give up anger. I'm going to give up judgment. Yeah, those are the things you're supposed to be giving up, but not because it's Lent. That's not a sacrifice. Those are things you're supposed to get rid of. You're supposed to pass over those things. You're supposed to pass over torments, tormenting yourself, tormenting others. You're supposed to give up anything that's not unconditional. So conditions. Conditions cause judgments. Conditions cause criticism. Self-criticism as well as worldly criticism, criticism of others. Give up seems to be a major emphasis in, in many of our celebrations. So it's got to be important then. And it seems to be like a first step, a first step in order to awaken. Because remember, Jesus was killed and he was sacrificed before he was risen. And then in Passover, the Jews had to sacrifice before the angel of death passed over. So sacrificing and giving up that crap seems to be step number one. So let's go there then. So step one, recognize all that you need to give up. Recognize it. Make a list. Make a list of all those things that you need to give up that are negative. Okay? But as soon as you start paying attention to them and you start giving them up, the opposite begins to happen. So when you give up, I'm going to stop being so impatient with people. I'm going to have more tolerance. You gain more tolerance. You don't have to, you don't have to gain anything that you give up. So in other words, if you give up judging, you don't have to then say, I'm going to be less judging of people. If you give up being impatient with yourself and others, you don't have to say, I'm going to be more patient. That's like go back to the New Year's resolutions that we said, trying to fix something that's broken. Right. But you when you turn around and you say something, I'm going to be more patient that that's kind of, I'm 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 going to um, eat the right things now. You know, I'm going to eat more of the right things. It doesn't that sound really good. But why are you saying that you're saying that because of all the wrong things that you're eating? Right. So first, recognize. What you need to let go of. Okay. Now, remember I told you with New Year's resolutions for those who are listening that you can never make a strength from a weakness. And so that's why resolutions don't work. So now, now, after you recognize what it is you need to get rid of, because that'll be a whole bunch of negative things, by recognizing them doesn't make you get rid of them. You have to point out then the strengths 
and the beauty of who you are to be willing to get rid of the negative. I love how people feel when I'm kind to them. I love how my wife responds to me when I am more patient with her or when I have no impatience for her, when I let go of that. What I meant by that, when I have no impatience, when I let go of being impatient with my partner, with my friends, with my family, with others. I love the way they respond. I love the way I feel. Don't give up because you're going to gain something. You give up because you know how it feels not to have that stuff. And somewhere along the lines, you've experienced having patience. Somewhere along the lines, you've experienced caring. Somewhere along the lines, you've experienced compassion. So you don't have to ask for more ability to be compassionate. You become compassionate when you recognize you are and it feels good to be compassionate and you let go of being uncaring. I hope I'm making sense. Point out what you'd like to let go of. Okay, let me let me let me do it this way. So you're wearing the same jeans and t-shirts. And they're worn out and they have holes in them. Why do we wait until we get to that point of that they really look shabby before we go out and then get a pair? And it has nothing to do, I'm not talking about people who are too poor. And I'm talking about the average person who can afford a new t-shirt and a new pair of jeans. It's because... We're not paying attention to how worn they are. We just keep putting them on. We just put them on. We put them on by habit. You're walking around, and then one day in the store, your partner points out, do you know that you have a hole in your butt in your pants? Oh, are you kidding me? Where? I hope not in a central place. Yeah, over here. This, oh, my God, I didn't even notice that. How could you not notice that? You put on the jeans every single day, but yet you'll walk around with something completely worn out because it's so you're so used to it. And don't say, oh, it's comfortable. Yeah, there's comfortable clothes. I know you got your comfortable shirts you don't want to get rid of. I understand that. That is not what I'm talking about right now. But it's the same thing as the kid holding on to that little blankie for a long time because it gives them comfort. It's a habit. It's a habit. And you're not noticing how worn out it is. And the moment you notice, oh my God, why didn't you tell me I looked like this? I got to go out and get some new shirts. Right? So you, you're going to have to notice. Otherwise, it becomes more damaged. You could look at anything in your life that way. In your home, you got a small little drip, drip, drip someplace. I don't know, maybe in the sink. 
you're not paying attention to it anymore. You don't give it any notice. You ignore it. In the beginning, you noticed it, and you go, oh, i got to fix that. Now, all of a sudden, you get used to the drip being there, and then all of a sudden, one day, I mean, your tub falls through the floor, or there's erosion, and there, now you got to replace the entire area of the floor or the woodwork or the wall or whatever it is that the drip was taking place. And because you weren't paying attention to it, you didn't notice it. I want you to notice the darkness, of course. Remember I said you cannot heal anything you don't give attention to. So notice, notice the things you want to get rid of, the negatives. That's a big, big, big step, your defense mechanisms. When my book comes out, God, it's not working. The key to finally stop saying that. That's going to be coming out, but but the thing is that in there, you have to notice your protective mind will cover up those negative things by creating other beliefs, other distractions. So give it notice. And when you give it notice, now you can attend to it. And again, attend to it in the positive, not the negative. You don't attend to a weakness by trying to reverse it. Like I said, I'm going to be less judgmental. That's not how you reverse being judgmental. I'm going to care about myself more. That's not how you reverse not caring about yourself. That is coming from a weakness in order to create a strength. It doesn't work that way. You've got to come from a strength in order to correct a weakness. So the strength is, I feel good. I'm a good person. I do have a big heart. Sometimes I forget. I do that. I'm not, oh God, you know, I may sound perfect or make you think I sound perfect. I'm not at all. And those who know me very closely can recognize that right away. There are some times that I do lose my patience, but I don't turn around and say, oh, I've got to be more patient now because I'm spiritual. I'm walking a spiritual path. Got to be more patient. No, but I do say, I love when I'm not bothered by things. Because I'm always feeling good and happy, smiling. I'm going to pay attention to that more. I love, I love feeling good. That will definitely eliminate as well. Once I pointed out that I'm losing my patience a lot, I then point out my strengths. I'm a good person. People respond to me really well. Especially when I am patient, I don't need more patience. I need to recognize the strengths within me to start with all the time. And that will automatically give me more patience. So look at the negative of what you want to get rid of and then find a positive that will reverse the negative. If you don't understand that, please write me. I want to be clear about that because everybody is being taught 
how to don't sweat the small stuff. I love that. Stephen Covey's book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Wonderful book. Great step. You know, but again, it was about pointing out the small stuff, which is another way of saying that negative crap inside you. I love how how words are used to not make you feel bad. Do you know how many people told me that I should not have a negative title to my book, God, It's Not Working? Because if I have a negative title, people won't want to pick it up. It has to be positive. And I said, baloney. Baloney, if you want to wake people up, you got to tell them what they have to wake up from. You got to tell them they're sleeping. If you tell them they're sleeping, that's not necessarily positive. My television show in the UK is going to be wake the blank up. You know, shake them by the shoulders a bit. That's why I have stop stopping yourself, the show that's a negative show. But it's an important positive message that's out there because you're doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not always saying, God, it's not working. You're saying that. I'm not sleeping, you're sleeping. I'm not stopping you, you're stopping you. So without me, you'd still be doing it. You'd still be saying it, you're still feeling it, right? The only thing I'm doing is pointing out what you're already doing. And a lot of people don't like that, but you wanna grow spiritually, you wanna grow it all, you've got to have it pointed out. Nobody would go to the doctor under those conditions because what do the doctors say when you get there? Oh, well, the reason why you're feeling like this is because you got this. Oh, my God, you're such a negative person. <laughs> you got to tell them what's wrong to heal it. So that's all I'm doing, and that's what you've got to do. Point, don't be afraid to point out what's wrong. Yes, we all have wrongs, but that is not the reason why it's normalized. It's normalized because that's what we're here for, to grow, to expand, to evolve. And what do you want to evolve from? You want to evolve from not knowing to knowing. But you can't go from not knowing to knowing until you point out what you don't know. Doesn't that make sense? You're going to school to learn something new as a child, to learn to read, to write. But why would you go to learn to read, to write until you were told you don't know how to read and write and you need to learn how to read and write if you want to get ahead in life? Oh, isn't that, oh, you're so negative, teacher. <laughs> but we need to pay attention to, wow, we can learn to read and write. How fabulous is that? We can learn to correct everything we don't know. But here is the point. Everything you need to correct, you already know you're hiding it. And all I want you to do is to tell yourself what you don't know. So you can now grow and learn over that, right? Oh, but it sounds bad what I don't know. Look, I, I, I don't care how it sounds at this point anymore. Get over it. Because whether you don't like how it sounds or not, you got it within you. It's still a problem. So just recognize it and move on. And now we can grow together, right? Let's grow together.
And that's how you grow. You recognize it. And then you recognize how great you really are. Even with those weaknesses, understand you will have more strength. Otherwise, you become some of those people that are demonstrating and want to kill all the blacks or send them to another land, uh, get rid of all the gays, condemn them, all of those nonsensical people out there. You become one of them when you don't want, when you're too afraid to recognize the weaknesses, the negatives. Oh, don't call them negatives. Don't call them weaknesses. We even have a, a, a spiritual belief about that. They're all opportunities. They're all opportunities. Of course, they're opportunities. They're opportunities to grow from not being negative and weak anymore. That's where the opportunity lies. See, I'm definitely call it like it is. That's why I'm called to tell it like it is psychic because I tell it like it is because you have to see what it is. But you've got to, at the same point, you can see what it is that's weak. You can see what it is that's great. And unless you're one of those people there, you are more great than you are weak. Well, this has been an incredible show. Thank you so much for listening and not turning me off because that shows you want to grow. And that is a blessing with inside of you already. Thank you for listening today. We have come to the end of a show. Join me again next week. We're going to continue this whole month of resurrection and passing over and growing and evolving. And write me anytime at info at vincentjenna.com. Go to my website if you haven't already. I'll see you next week. Have a fabulous week. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show on Unity Online Radio. Hang in there for, for other wonderful shows today and the rest of the week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.